Hey everybody, this is the week second virtual episode of Head Talks this Saturday, May 2nd, talking about some of the modern history of psychedelics, some of the policy behind it, this modern psychedelic renaissance. Is it really a renaissance? What is the past history of um, psychedelics becoming popular and then becoming stigmatized and, and different laws that have come up and considerations that were made along the way? And is this special time in our modern history? Is this an opportunity for positive change? Is there new roadblocks and barriers on the war on the war on drugs? Uh, what's going to happen? Is uh, What's going on with some of these decriminalization things that are happening that are now on hold because people can't go out and get petitions signed because of the physical distancing. How is that going to change things? How how are things going to go virtual um, and get more online support? A bunch of modern questions like that that I'm really hoping um, uh, you will get a chance to participate in because through this Crowdcast platform, it allows you to have a whole sidebar as you're watching. You can also comment yourself, see everyone else's comments. You get to weigh in. You get to have conversation conversations with other like-minded people all around the world. And there's a ask a question section where not only do you get to ask a question, but you get to upvote other people's questions. I use that for a criteria in the most popular questions. I find the ones that are the most related to the conversation and try to seamlessly put them in to and get to give you a shout out for asking the question. And it's a, a really cool way to get everyone involved. If you didn't get a chance to see the Bicycle Day one, the replay's available on my patreon.com slash Shane Moss page. And if you're supporting me on Patreon, that gives you free access to the new Head Talks show. So go on there. I have everything posted. Uh, if you have any questions, make sure and write me. Uh, certainly, if I can't get back, um, uh, my assistant Rihanna will be able to get back to you. And thanks for the support. It's it's so much work keeping trying to make enough money <laughs> to to keep my my team in place so I can keep on cranking stuff out like this. As you've seen, I've, I've been tons more active on social media. Uh, I've been tweeting a bunch. I've been using Instagram all the time. By the way, if you can do me a favor and give me a follow on on Instagram. There's a certain thing, once you have 10,000 followers, it allows for all of these new tools for Instagram users to use. And because I'm brand new to Instagram, I, I don't have that yet. I'm sneaking up on 7,000, but I really need these tools to help out my business. So if you can go on there, check out some of my posts, maybe mention, uh, uh, tag some of your friends that you think might enjoy a couple of uh, individual posts. A lot of people seem to love my Mr. Silver Linings videos, so I'm making more of those. I've been posting um, some of my repurposing, some of my 
my Twitter jokes and stuff and putting some fun pictures and stuff behind them. Trying out a bunch of different things. Wow, guys, I am working my butt off. Um, and and so I, I really, really appreciate any support that you can give me. There's a ton of, if you can't do Patreon, there's tons of free ways to support artists that you like, including leaving comments on uh and positive reviews and i'm on my youtube on on itunes for this podcast whatever you can think to do if you do have some downtime those little things like that that are free to do make all the difference in the world so uh looking forward to talking to you all virtually on head talks this saturday uh, May 2nd. I'll see you then. And if you could please support my partners, the Great Courses Plus team. Great Courses Plus is uh, is such an incredible way to educate yourself. They have a zillion courses on there. I'm currently recommending, recommending checking out Language and the Mind, talking about how, uh, how, how, uh, uh, like basic sound units of language are distinguished, and how uh, how how different how language has shaped our perception, how language evolves, and really really fascinating stuff. Uh, I, I love these great courses because I get to educate myself and fill in some of those gaps and those things that are outside of my wheelhouse but are related to the things that I, I'm really interested in and know more about and, and just fills in those gaps. It's a never-ending battle, guys. As, you, as I'm sure many listeners to this podcast have realized, this stuff is endless. Isn't it cool when we, when we explore a topic that we've talked about like a bunch of times before and have a completely new conversation and get to learn all of these things um, uh, that, that, um, that we didn't hear about in the past. And then when we get to explore these new topics that are related but slightly different, and uh, a lot of how I inform myself is through the Great Courses Plus program. So if you want to stay ahead of the game, if you want to sharpen your knowledge in any area, or maybe you want to learn a new language or something like that, or get the the history of of uh, some area and even like tourist stops and stuff like that for for when you want to plan your next say European vacation or something like that. A, a fun thing to think about as as we're all thinking about what we want to do when all of this is over. There's a whole bunch of different options for you. Go to the greatcoursesplus.com slash here we are. You will support be supporting me, yourself, and this fantastic product, which by the way, I have been partnered with for about a year now and in, incredibly grateful for uh, getting to uh, partner with a product that I really believe in rather than having to peddle a bunch of nonsense uh, that just makes me feel bad afterwards. This is uh, the product for lifelong learners. That's you guys. If you listen to this podcast, you are lifelong learners. And so this is perfect for you. For, try a free trial today 
For unlimited access to the entire library, go to thegreatcoursesplus.com slash here we are today. Are we? Yes. Where are we? Here. Why are we here? Not entirely clear. We are misfits thrust into existence by random chance with no hints at all as to how we're supposed to make sense of it all. It's immensely bizarre. Here we are. Hello, everybody. I'm Shane Moss. Welcome to the Here We Are podcast. My guest today is Christina Durante. Christina, how are you? I'm doing good. How are you doing? Uh, Hanging in there. Hanging in there. Mostly yeah. just figuring out remote podcasting and taking care of weird tech issues with each and every one of my guests. This was a, yep. this was a fun. It's every other one. Sometimes it's my guests, something they're doing wrong on their end, and then every other time it's something that I'm doing wrong on my end. You got the privilege of uh, this one being my fault this time around. It's usually so my fault. So congratulations. This is a nice yeah. change of pace. <laughs> yeah. Why don't you uh, introduce yourself for uh, for the listeners and viewers and, uh, and okay. tell people what you do? Sure. So my name is Christina Durante, as you said. I'm a professor of marketing at Rutgers Business School. I'm also the research director for Rutgers Center for Women in Business. I am an evolutionary psychologist by training. And I do research on the decision-making of women and families. Mm. I'm very interested in how our evolved biology interacts with our modern social environment to influence behavior. So I kind of dial it back a few thousand years ago to the time of human brain evolution, to what kind of problems we were solving then, and how we're now handling those uh, problems in our modern environment, which is often a mismatch for how we lived for many, many thousands of years prior to the advent of, you know, Starbucks and McDonald's on every corner and yeah. uh, social media. Yeah, yeah. Well, you're in luck. This is one of our favorite topics on, Good. on the show. And, uh, and so, so yeah, lot, lots of evolutionary theory on here and especially fascinated with the mismatch in, in our, in our modern environment. Uh, we, I, I like to say we really weren't built for the world that we've built for ourselves. And, um, no. and, and I, I especially, well, so you can go into as much of, of some of your background and, and, um, work that you've done in the past to set this sure. up, but I definitely okay. at, at some point am very excited to get into what your thought is about this exceptionally modern <laughs> new environment <laughs> of quarantines. I've actually been uh, thinking about uh, women's issues at this time, uh, mm -hmm. um, but yeah, uh, so however you want to kind of navigate into that. Okay. And, and, yeah, and we, the... we, we have all the time you want. So, and, and okay. we don't we don't, we don't need to make the whole episode about about this quarantine situation or whatever. Too just kind of I, I let my guests uh, talk about whatever they're passionate about. So, okay. Well, I guess I can start wherever you want me to start. But yeah, the quarantine situation that we're in does bring up um, a definite mismatch kind of a situation, um, and has particularly. Um, it can be particularly impactful for women in different ways than it is for men. Mm -hmm. uh, I just think about how 
um, if you tell people don't travel to foreign exotic lands, that's easy. But if you tell people to stay away from their, you know, friends and family, that's difficult. It's a difficult thing for, for humans to do. It's like say, telling them to stay away from, you know, fatty foods and with, uh, you know, sugar. We have, a, you know, an evolved, uh, you know, desire for these kind of foods. So to avoid them, it takes a lot of willpower self-control and workarounds for these, you know, adaptive desires. And so, mm. you know, um, we see that playing out as we try to maintain social distance. We have to really be, um, you know, it takes a lot of cognitive willpower to remember, oh yeah, I must stay away from other people. It's hard to do that. We want to be social. We're social animals. But I, of course, my brain went to, how is this going to impact women and I immediately went on Google Scholar and looked at some of the other natural disasters. We've, it, nothing really like this with the sort of pandemic, but there has been other natural disasters where you can look at how it, it affects women differently from men. And now we're in a situation that's even different from, you know, times of natural disaster where we're forced to telecommute. Everybody needs to stay at home. And we're in a time of economic peril, but it's not like a normal recession either. So we're moving into the home and everybody has to, if you have a job, work from home. Uh, kids are not in school. Daycares have closed. People are getting sick. And when those kinds of things happen, women bear the burden of it. Um, even if it's implicit, we have this, you know, sex differentiated division of labor that has been around for since we started walking on two feet and babies were born really helpless where we men and women needed to differentiate to and specialize in different things to ensure the survival of offspring in environments where mortality rate was 50 times what it is now. We, we, we still have that, you know, implicit fall back to this division of labor where the women are the caregivers. And, and so it's going to be interesting to see if at the end of the road of this, if it, if women are impacted negatively in terms of um, their careers or economically, or if it might, the tide might go the other way where men start doing more around the house just out of sheer necessity and employers realize that productivity can be maintained while relaxing, you know, at work schedules. So maybe it'll be, you'd only have to be at work 50% of the time and we realize we can still get what we need to get done and that'll make things more flexible for women. Mm. So this is, we're just on the cusp yeah. of this now. So of course, as researchers, we're like, we've, we've got to get on this. We got to see how this is going to fall out for women. And the hope is that it, it could it could be more of a positive thing, but um, right now our thought is that it's going to be it's going to be a negative until we yeah. maybe we'll adjust. I know I always have high hopes and optimism for how how we'll be able to um, you know move through this. Maybe men will be taking more of the responsibility. Employers will get more flexible with um, schedules, which is good for women yeah. in the end. Yeah, I mean, I go back. It depends on <laughs> which side of the bed I wake up on in the in the morning. Yeah. But there's, it seems like there's there's lots of exciting. Like this could be the catalyst for major change. I I mean, I I right. think I I think you know I've been saying this over and over again, which is is, is certainly 
the working remotely thing, there will be, yeah. I believe, lots of, uh, uh, because things could reset and people could could go back to working business as, as usual. But I'll, I'll imagine that after, you know, 20 years of, of fighting the idea of working remotely, even though the internet's made it easy for many people to do that, uh, yeah. you know, there's been this historical of employers being like, well, if we aren't, if we don't, we aren't looking over their shoulders all of the time. How do we know that they're working? They right. might they might actually see an increase in productivity during this time. Certainly, some businesses are sure to, and yeah. and make some make some changes. And and so that seems to me like it has some positive I- impacts. But um, uh, but in, in terms of it, it might. But then, but but all of the other stuff, I'm just like. Every, every time I'm like, oh, maybe people will realize their carbon footprint. Then I go, uh, and, and then and then we're going to strip every environmental regulation in the name of economic uh, growth right. uh, after this. And, and, and like, oh, maybe maybe guys will uh, will will start being um, better caretakers. And then like, oh, people drive each other crazy and domestic. And get divorced. Yeah. And, and so I mean like I think about all the implications like that you know it's like you're stuck at home now um with each other and that's it and so either you're gonna pull things together and you know yeah maybe men will start doing more at home um it's or you know there'll be more divorces or more babies I don't know I think more divorces but I'm I'm hoping not more babies when people talk about when people talk about the corona babies. I'm like, you're still what yeah. does it take to get humans to stop? I mean, that's just life. That's how we that's how we've been wired, I guess. But right. what do, what does it take to get people to be like, maybe now's not the best time? Yeah. But they're so cute, wouldn't they really brighten up the apocalypse? Uh, <laughs> <laughs> by introducing all of these babies <laughs> yeah you know, I don't know. But, yeah you're the corona generation uh, <laughs> like the baby boomers that's gonna that, be I don't know interesting if that actually happened but the you know corona yeah generation well they're gonna be weird kids because even kids that are too young to be traumatized by ptsd of like what the what adults are going through, they're going to be yeah. even under the best conditions, be having to distance um, from, that's going to make for some uh, interesting um, uh, social uh, uh, social uh, personality traits and behaviors and, and everything else that's going to be, uh, yeah. I don't know what's going to happen. Maybe yeah. Is everyone just going to be like autistic or something and, and the, all the Corona babies? I, I don't I have no idea. I mean, it could be. There's so many factors. It's like when you bring babies in in a time of stress too, you know, I mean, that's, right. you know, that even maternal environment might not be the best. Um, there's so many things that, you know, to think about. Um, but yeah, I, I don't know. I, it, uh, Whenever you're stuck at home, like if there's like a snowstorm, maybe there, you know, any, any of these natural disasters that happen or that, that make you homebound. It's like these, this is when, you know, people are making babies like in the winter and then yeah, you know, everybody, and then the summer fall babies come uh, later. 
But yeah. one of the things I thought, I, so I, so although, you know, now my research has sort of moved into um, the decision-making of women as they um, become mothers and, you know, they're older, my research began, you know, I think because I was, you know, uh, younger than two, it was about how women compete with each other for mates. Mm. Um, women's competition in general, um, women's status anxiety and how that makes them uh, competitive with each other in an indirect way, sometimes going under the radar. I don't think people really realize how fiercely women do compete with each other. Um, and the first place I started looking was in the way that they uh, dress and enhance their attractiveness. So a lot more skin on, on Instagram during a, during an apocalypse. During an apocalypse. I know. It's like, it's funny because there is a relationship. <laughs> this is the sexiest apocalypse I ever imagined. You insert apocalypse, and then the outcome is, you know, more skin, sexy clothes, you know, women, you know, enhancing attractiveness. Um, well, men yell and, at each other more. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Basically, any disaster, you're going to see, like, a, a relaxation of women's sexuality and, um, you know, how, you know, promiscuous they are in terms of their social media, I guess, too. But what I was well, we don't have to worry like, about promiscuity too much right now, I guess. No, I mean, you can put anything out on social media, but you're, no one's really coming into your house. So like, from here up, I can be attractive, and what you don't know is I'm wearing sweatpants. Yeah. <laughs> you know, it's like you can... Oh, you're, you're you know, wearing pants? Oh, okay. <laughs> still, still, still putting pants on. Oh, that's, still putting... Well, <laughs> you know. Like, I gave up on pants two weeks ago. Oh, you did? Okay. <laughs> yeah. It's like... Just your underwear, just like whatever, or no, nothing. I don't know. Every day's a mixed bag. Yeah. <laughs> I I was fortunate enough to learn the term shirt cocking about two months ago, so it's it's very. Uh, I've never easy. heard that. It's uh, also referred to as Donald ducking. It's like a Burning oh. Man. It's like, <laughs> a, it's like a Burning Man thing, where okay. where like everyone wants to be nude, but some people don't want to get their shoulders burn so they'll still oh oh my gosh that's so, funny so then there's a whole it's a whole like hey do we is do we like this or do we it's not very aesthetically pleasing but we respect people's rights to like <laughs> take their clothes off and be free without getting sunburned so it's a whole like debate done uh, in oh, the burning funny. man culture of, of whether whether we are for or against uh shirt packing <laughs> 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 Well, I've learned something in the few <laughs> minutes go. we've been talking. Sometimes I get to teach scientists. Things. Yeah, <laughs> I like it. I was touring around with the anthropologist who's incredibly verbally fluent, and I learned about a thousand, a thousand words a day from her, and I taught her words like podunk. <laughs> um, and, uh, and, um, something she didn't else. know what podunk is? Is that like, podunk, does that mean in the like, middle of nowhere? Yeah, I think it's kind of like, uh, yeah, it's like hillbilly-ish. Um, I'm from rural, rural Wisconsin and, and um, I'm from Wisconsin. New York City girl, so, um, where? Elkhorn? Elkhorn? I don't know Elkhorn. I'm from, uh, I'm outside of La Crosse, Wisconsin. I'm actually oh, okay. in... Uh, I, I live full time on on the road, um, and or I started doing that last April um, because I had this 
uh, as my dream to do sh so, and I had the successful science comedy show taking off for me that I was touring with. And then when uh, when the apocalypse happened, I had uh, I was like, oh, I'll hunker down in my uh, and my parents. I haven't gotten to visit them for uh, a little while, um, not realizing how long this was going to be. Oh, is that and where you now, are right now? And now I'm in my parents' basement. My, I'm in, in my childhood bedroom right now. So I have this digital background on, on oh, here. Funny. Because otherwise you'd see the sad little corner that I'm stuck in. Yeah. Oh, wow. You'd never know You'd never that. know. No, I look like I'm in space. Um, yeah. So, so, yeah. So that's, uh, sp speaking, of, speaking of how costly children are, uh, my mm -hmm. parents are finding out how how how, how costly <laughs> children are with uh, uh, their their first child turning forty in their basement next month. <laughs> oh well, happy early birthday <laughs> to you! Yeah, I don't know if you know how do costs like ebb and flow with children. They are very expensive. Yeah, that's for sure. Um, yeah. I have two that could run in here at any minute and tell me I need lunch. Um, and they have while well, I've been teaching class online now. Yeah, that's, that's another thing. The, the, every academic's been, um, uh, you know, worrying about the blend of, of home and, and, um, and work life. Uh, yeah. for, for me, all of my, I've, I haven't made a differentiation between work and my regular life in like 15 years. So I'm, I'm kind of like built for this. Um, but, but yeah, this is in terms of, in terms of being a, a mother, I mean, you have situations where there's now maybe more stay at home dads. I, I mean, I mean, things were, I imagine things were trending toward like a bit more stay at home dad situations than certainly in our evolutionary past or even like certainly the last few hundred years. Um, yeah. And now I imagine there's a lot more. I mean, this is just such a complicated. There's also there's also the like um, custody battle situations of like now can kids go to their dads on weekends or can you do every yeah. other week? There's just like yeah, endless um, amounts of parenting and relationship com complications that that are so novel. Yeah, that's true, and I do think that there are more stay at home, you know, certainly the idea of a stay at home dad is not new anymore. Uh, there are, are more men that do it or that work from home. Uh, at least in like middle class, it's more like if you, it's more, I, I don't think we see it as much in, you know, lower income um, population. Um, if we do, it's just, it's probably, you know, through unemployment. I think that, you know, we, I, I, and I don't know for sure, but I, if, if I remember correctly, I think that we, we are seeing a trend toward more of that, but not significantly so where we wouldn't see um, implications for, um, you know, division of labor problems with how to, how to divide unpaid work within the home, especially in times where everybody's at home. Um, it sort of exacerbates or highlights rather the issue of here, you know, and, and, and I think of this um, ad for, I would think it was, I think it was for Alexa, uh, like the Amazon Alexa. Mm -hmm. 
And the premise was um, a mom of a newborn baby is going back to work and the dad is going to be staying home with the baby. Um, and she, pro she basically, the mom basically has to teach Alexa how to teach the, the dad how to take care of the child. So Alexa's reminding him, now you got to get up and make, you know, the afternoon bottle. Now you've got to put the child down for a nap, you know? So basically it was, you know, the, the, the dad couldn't have cared for the child without the, you know, the help of the training that she gave to, to yeah. Alexa. Um, yeah. So I know that, you know, I, I think there have been uh, studies that have shown that even with the stay at home trend, women do still take on more. And that could also be because women just sort of automatically, you know, maneuver in that direction and, you know, uh, uh, have, have different tolerances for how a home is kept compared to men. Um, and <laughs> yeah. So they just sort of, you know, do it. Um, yeah. even my daughter, she plays this, uh, both of my kids play, it's like a Roblox game where you build a house and my daughter likes to have it, you know, she loves making a home. Like it's kind of like a gender difference that sort of we see and, you know, there, there is nature, there is nurture, but we come with these sort of predilections towards different things, men and women on average, there's a bell curve to everything. So not all women you know, not all girls, not all boys, you know, do cert, you know, insert behavior X, but my daughter likes to design this house and, you know, and if my son puts it together, he'll just have a garage, but my daughter makes it real nice in there, you know, and it's just, I see it, you know, I was just, she was showing it to me earlier today and I see that. So it could be that women, you know, women just kind of robotically motor through and, and, and like to have things their certain way. Um, you know, isn't and that's it, certainly part it, of it. it. Isn't there, wasn't there a study where they gave a variety of different um, toys and things to play with to juvenile chimps and, mm -hmm. and the males would, would pick more like toy trucks and stuff mm -hmm. like that. And the, the females would pick like dolls and things more often. Yeah. Yeah. That happened. And so we're talking about, you know, non-human uh, primates. Mm -hmm. where there certainly wasn't any learning. Uh, I mean, not to say that there's not learning, but they weren't playing, you know, these male chimps weren't playing video games to learn how to, you know, be rough and tumble. It right. was just sort of a natural, especially when you're, you know, very young, it's just sort of it, a natural tendency that comes out. And there wasn't, there wasn't like other male chimps calling, um, calling the male chimps gay if they grabbed the doll to play with or, or <laughs> no, no, whatever yeah, yeah, would have happened when I was like right. growing up in the eighties. Um, and yeah. or, or maybe that's all they're saying. I guess we don't know. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. 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 I don't know. Maybe that, maybe that is, I guess we don't know. Chimp. Well, at least I'm not an expert in chimp communication, but yeah. So we can assume that, you know, and there, and yeah, there is no socially constructed, um, you know, uh, norms where if you play with a doll and you're a male chimp, you're, you know, right. called a sissy or, yeah. or whatever. It's just, you know, we evolved to specialize in different, in different things um, right. as, as males and, and females, uh, particularly primates. So, you know, males are involved in more um, risk-taking. Um, they're better at, you know, 
group cooperation. Um, males can be in high conflict with another male one minute and then cooperate with them very seamlessly the next because this came in very handy for intergroup warfare and protection of, uh, you know, your, your social network or your, your, you know, your group. Yeah. Um, but women, uh, they can hold the grudge for longer. Oh yeah. So, so it's and, like, and they have their grudges very organized. Yeah. Yeah. Nice little, uh, little grudge lists and, uh, and like reprioritizing. Yeah. Right. Yeah, exactly. And so, you know, women need continuous like information on relationships and it needs to be maintained. They, instead of, you know, doing different reciprocal kindnesses for one another where it gets put into a bank account, it's almost like in an hourglass where it's, and this is, this is, you know, how many women keep track of relationships, whether it's romantic or with a, a you know, a family member or, or a friend it's, you know, we want to constantly know information about what's the status of, of this one-on-one -on -one partnership that we have. Have you called me in a week? Have you disappeared off the face of the earth? Um, you know, I've, my, uh, uh, my now ex-husband, but when we were together, we'd be going to these weddings and I'd never heard of these people, these friends of his. Oh, that's my, you know, frat brother from Michigan. And, I'm like, well, I never heard of them. Yeah, we don't talk much, but they're going to each other's weddings. And it's like, I would never have a friend that would just pop up and we, I'd, we'd travel somewhere for them. Um, so there, it's a weaker, weaker friendship ties. Um, and, you know, women are, you know, when they talk to one another or even with, you know, uh, same gender, anybody, it's like we were face to face, looking in each other's eyes, you know, getting as much information as we can from that person. Um, we have a really high bar, whereas men kind of just stand next to each other and look at football. I mean, they don't really, you know, talk intimately. So women are really good at one-on-one -on -one relationships and men are really good at group coordination and hierarchical structuring. And so, um, my, my, is, um, I, I get to hear my, um, my adorable mother, uh, who, who recently retired just in the nick of time last fall, but, um, she's just, loving that uh, she's just on the, this corn she's just on the phone all day every day yeah. calling, calling every person she's ever talked to and ever, <laughs> ever met. And she's just she's loving it yeah checking in and yeah. yeah yeah that's that's you know that's the hard thing about being in quarantine now you want to check in on everybody yeah thank god for technology if this would have happened 10 years, 20 years ago, 30 years ago. Yeah. It would have been near impossible. It would have been, it yeah. would have been significantly a lot harder. We'd see a lot more, you know, for the first couple of weeks, I was stir crazy. I was out of sorts, didn't know why, which happens when we go through change to get back to a, a normal structure. But I think a lot of that is you lose, you know, your normal routine where you're seeing people and now you've got to, now we've all moved online and in some ways, your brain is categorizing these people that we see in our screen as people in our group and our friends and in our social network. But there's something, it's something off about it. You know, it kind of, it's not dimensional, you know, yeah. the way that we're used to. 
I mean, so, it, but it's also at the same time for all the mismatches that there are. There, there is. It's also telling of how how evolved we are to for our capacity for tool use and flexibility is really breathtaking. And because yeah. that, if if this was if this was pre-internet, you know, that all of our hospitals would have collapsed. Um, by now, but we're able yeah. we're able to come together and distance and do this thing, and yeah. uh, and to stay alive and get through it and, and survive, and and most of what we're concerned about right now is just like missing hugging people, you yes. know, which is like, I, and I I do think this is going to have some real long term de- detriments and pe- people. There's going to be individual differences, but still, it's like yeah. con- considering. Um, considering that if this had happened in like 1980 or something, this is the, the, the we, we are pretty, uh, fortunate. Fortunate in that, in that way. Yeah. And I'm like you, I'm more of, um, oh, my sister had sent me something cause she's kind of like me. It's like, we kind of just like, I, you know, I can't wait till this quarantine is over so I can go back to my normal routine of sitting on the couch and, you know, trying to get out of plans. Um, yeah. <laughs> cause I'm kind of an introvert anyway. So it's like, yeah. I don't really, I haven't really felt like, so um burdened by the movement online i it's i'm someone who also i get really um you know it takes a lot out of me to get up in front of a audience and teach my class and so i find myself more relaxed now when i'm online with my students so it's, so i'm not yeah. i'm not on the the end of it where it's like at least yet that i'm totally missing the social interaction i guess because the little that i i need i I, I get enough of maybe on the on online through yeah. like these Zoom like Zoom meetings where you're you know having yeah. a, a Brady Bunch kind of set up with all these faces. It's um, yeah. You know, our certainly there was no precedent for that during you know the time of human evolution, brain evolution. So we're still kind of picking up on these are our people. And they're popping in and, you know, so kind of mirrors what we'd be doing a little bit. I, I mean, I there, there's also, I mean, bonding can mean a lot of different things. And I will say that, you know, if I compare, so being I, I'm a fellow introvert, people, people normally don't believe that because I'm a stand-up comedian. I get a, I'm, I'm happy for me to talk at large groups of people (laughs) (laughs) one-on-one stuff i can be very awkward sometimes and um and and, um you know i like these interviews as i i just i just feel like i can relate to scientists uh better but otherwise in in regular old in terms of small talk i can be very very awkward um me too and, and um and so, you know, my upbringing, and you could ask, I could ask my mom right now, she would tell you that I was the shyest child anyone had ever seen. But I remember growing up and, um, you know, I had a warm, um, loving Midwestern upbringing, but also it's not like, it's not like everyone was like big huggers or anything like that anyway, yeah. back then, you know, no. and, 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 and definitely people weren't big sharers it was like you talk about and still rings true today it'd be a talk about the packers and the weather and everything and this apocalypse <laughs> is like oh my god this is the first real conversation 
about anything of substance that I've like ever had with like certain family members and certain friends of mine and, and stuff yeah. like that. So, and there, and that's, you know, that's bonding. That's, that's being social. So in, right. in some ways, uh, yeah, it's bonding on new levels. It's interesting because I'm the same way. I'm really socially awkward for the, but that, that what you're talking about, the small talk, you know, I could say like, Oh, I don't like small talk. Like I'd rather get into really deep conversations, but I don't like small talk because I, I get nervous with it. You know, yeah, I, I you know, if, and, and if I'm nervous to begin with, somebody will be like, Hey, how are you? And I'm like, you too, or something. And then yeah, I'm like, yeah, wait, yeah. no, they didn't ask me that. They asked me, you know, cause I'm just like, it, yeah, I don't know, but you know, but that's the kind of, but that is essentially like the social grooming that, you know, non-human primates do. It's just kind of like, it's meaningless, like the yeah. weather and this, and it is meaningless and it isn't deep, but it is what many people do. Yeah. And it's like just a norm, like to be like, you know, and it's very safe. You? <laughs> it's so safe. It's but, it's just a way of I I always looked at it as just like people trying to be like I like you we're talking yeah. right now like that's basically what <laughs> what they're saying yeah 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 <laughs> yes exactly but um, then I feel like you have to have like a lot more in the bucket than I have available to pull from so then right. I I hate dead air like to be like um you know so. Uh, tiger how's the king, weather huh? good yeah. yeah like yeah oh did you did you say tiger king yeah <laughs> yeah now it's like that's one thing that i talked everyone's about. water cooler talk now yeah exactly i've been talking about that in um my mba classes too when we talk about um you know my classes are a lot about persuasion social influence and you know how um humans are wired to you know, on the surface, it seems weird, you know, when we watch Tiger King, these, you know, they're almost these cult-like situations that seem like, is this, are these characters real? How, how could this happen? And then, so we talk about how it happens even with us in, in small ways through, you know, the, the, the various commitments that we make and how much we want our behavior and attitudes to sort of align. So if like Joe Exotic approaches you at the gas station, you don't have anywhere else to go. And he has, you know, he's giving you even a little bit of money or a sandwich or a cigarette. That's, you know, the classic escalating ladder of commitment and you accept it. Well, Joe must be a decent guy. And, you know, if you accept a little more then you're even, that's brainwashing, right? It's like, then you're even right. more involved with him. So that's why they get a lot of down and out folks that were there and they were, you know, they were, um, some of them were pretty loyal and, and stayed around and, you know, as husbands that were straight that were there, you know, yeah. it's, it's hard in those ways. And Carol Baskin, who had her, people volunteering she didn't pay them but that's when you really get loyalty yeah. why am i doing this no one's forcing me to i must really love it really yeah. but anyway it brought up all of these like that's social psychology i had i yeah. hadn't really thought about that that's great social psychology uh you know all these different you know aspects of it that pop up in, in tiger king i was fascinated it's, i my neighbors kept telling me, you know, you got to watch this. And I'm like, I don't watch things like, you know, it just doesn't my taste. Yeah. And, um, and, but we've all been stuck in here. So eventually I'm like, well, you know, 
maybe I'll check it out. And then I was like, you I know, mean, for, first like episode, I was else. like, okay, I get it. It's crazy. Second episode, I was like, oh, oh. <laughs> okay. <laughs> okay. Yeah, there's just so much. There's a lot. So much involved in that. Yeah. There's a lot. Who 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 knew wildlife traffickers could be so yeah. wacky? Yeah, <laughs> yeah, and um, and the and the luring women with these exotic yeah, hats. Yeah, I get know? it. I got. I got. I, yeah. I I I I, I can. I, I, I can get, uh, I get zoo privileges and aquarium privileges and stuff anywhere that I go. I'm always <laughs> using that VIP access whenever I, whenever I can. Guilty. <laughs> it's such a, it's such a powerful tool in your mating toolkit. It really is. You know, want to check out uh, you, some you, exotic uh, animals uh, with me? Uh, <laughs> hey, you gotta, you gotta use what you have. <laughs> I, I mean, at what point is it advertising, and at what point is it uh, is it manipulation? It, it's, I, uh, those are those are tricky things to uh, to say. I, I mean, I often think that we're always manipulating each other and yeah. ourselves at some uh, <laughs> at some level. I mean, I I'm, think I'm so. really big into the evolution of self deception, uh, as, mm-hmm. as I'm sure is something you're interested in. Well. Yeah, I think we're doing it all the time. I mean, it's it's really hard to live a life day to day. So we have to reframe situations in our head all the time. And, and often that involves self-deception. And some of the, even some of these, um, you know, adaptations that we see work in a way in which we do self, you know, we, we do deceive ourselves. Um, I, one time in a paper when I was writing about one of these specific uh, deceptions. I called it, you know, women are deluding themselves. I called it a delusion. And then I got uh, in the review process. Don't call it that. Call it an overperception of, you know, it was interest, you know, that isn't really there. Like when we're receivers right. of something, we're really, ac- we're, we're really, I'm sorry, when we're an observer of something, we're really accurate in terms of picking up on the manipulation. But when right. we're on the receiving end, that's when we sort of transform things um, in a positive way or overestimate um, things or, you know, our, whether it's our vulnerability to a disease or how much, you know, the sexy cat across the street likes us or not, mm-hmm. you know, we, we do tend to, to engage in that and it just makes life a little bit more palatable, easier. If, yeah, if it's a little, that. it's a little protective. Yeah. I mean, yeah. I mean, I mean, look at the lengths that humans will go to not admit that they're wrong about something, yes. <laughs> you know, or that they made a mistake yes. about something. Right. It's right. Pretty that's, incredible. Yeah, that's that's really I mean, really look hard at the Pied do. Piper and, and <laughs> giving daily addresses right now. It's pretty insane. Yeah. Yeah. Wait, which one are you talking about? Trump or? Yeah, Trump. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. So. so not, ha- not that he's an even necessarily case. an outlier, but. <laughs> right. In, in terms of, uh, he's, he's not the only manipulator in town, but. but no, still, but he, but he is, he, yeah, he's pretty, he's pretty good at it. You know, he know, he knew where uh, he could gain the most support and he worked very hard to assimilate himself to what those folks cared about, 
what they found motivating, what most resonated with them. And he speaks directly to them and he cuts through. And, you know, I, I have a lot of friends and family who, you know, are, do support him. Um, Me too. And, and I'm like, what? Yeah, you're from Wisconsin. So I don't know, maybe, you know, my, most of my family, they live there and they're, they're, they're very supportive. And so the, when he talks, he, to them, he's so charismatic because he's speaking right to the way that they, you know, are going to process information or they want to process information. I mean, it's just on their level. They well, really, they, they're a, lifers. There's also, it's a good example of just what we all do all of the time in terms of the, sh uh, the like tinted um, goggles yes. that we look through life where, where, so I saw this, this great clip of, so what, what Fox news started taking to is like, um, Trump will get on and he'll, and he'll go, uh, so this Corona thing, this and that, and then he'll, and then he'll get in like, you know, reading a script that they've given him and begged him to stick to. And then, and then he goes, yeah. and then he goes off on his like rant about, about the fake news and, all the, and, and Fox has started <laughs> muting him during that time and then they get on and they're like this is uh our our great president donald trump talking about the corona and then they, <laughs> they just keep on talking as he's doing like and my ratings are the best they just keep on talking through all of that and then once he starts once he gets back out to his script again then they, then they go back to him so oh, that you don't hear all yeah. of the insanity and that's like but we do that ourselves all of the time where we hear yeah. the things that we want to yes. hear and exclude yes. the things that we don't want to hear. Every single right. one of us. It's just oh, for yeah. me a very easy example because I'm an outsider uh, as, as someone who has never cared for uh, Donald Trump. I can, I can see this behavior from afar. Some, right. someone, out, someone outside of my behavior could see my many blind spots better than me. Right. Yeah, exactly. Um, you know, the people that we would maybe tend to follow, you know, they're not perfect either, but, yeah. you know, it goes back to, you know, uh, little tiny things that you do, you know, thinking about, like, how do you, you know, those 19% of people who voted for Joe Exotic um, or the people <laughs> who worked for him, you know, it's like, oh my God, but it's like you, you start to publicly talk about your opinions and your attitudes and, and who you like to read and who you liked, um, you know, what, even, you know, for us, like what scientists, you know, it's really hard to, uh, when you come up on information that uh, suggests that that person isn't who they, you thought they were, it's really hard for us to let go of, you know, our, um, our liking for them because we've been talking about it publicly and, you know, we just, it, it happens at a non-conscious level where, you know, once we, once our behavior is going in a direction, our attitudes have to match up to that behavior. So if I find myself taking things from, you know, that Joe Exotic is giving me or that Hitler is giving me, or if I, you know, if, if, if Trump says that, you know, he's all for the, whatever the issue is, and then I, you know, place a vote for him, it's really hard then to be like, you know what, I was wrong. Um, you know, I thought Trump today, now I think Joe Biden, you know, flip-flopping, you know, back over the course of thousands of years of human history, somebody who, uh, you know, said one thing and then did another. I mean, this was, you know, a hypocrite or somebody who we couldn't really trust for them to say that they're going to do something and then they're going to do it. So we sort of have a hardwired mechanism to remain as consistent as we humanly possibly can. 
because it served us really well thousands of years ago, even in the face of information that suggests it might not be the right way to go. So it's really hard to, to, to circle back. Yeah, I mean, as, as someone who is a who is a proud flip flopper and, and <laughs> constantly, I love changing my, in my mind. I love I love saying that I was wrong about things. But one of the negative sides, and it's what I love about talking with scientists, they say I don't know more than any human being on earth. Um, but but um, one of the one of the downsides in terms of this is kind of related to like um, self deception in a way is that mm -hmm. I sometimes. Um, find my own thoughts and opinions so inconsistent that it's so hard to even have confidence in my in myself. <laughs> you know, like I don't I don't know yeah. the person I'm going to be when I wake up tomorrow. So it makes it hard. Yeah, yeah. It makes it hard to plan. That's interesting. I'm kind of like that too, and I wonder why you know i mean i guess i you know i because i do face different pieces of information and then i'm like oh okay that logic doesn't fit let me you know i don't know if that's what makes a, a scientist a scientist is to be able to you know have different ideas about it could go this way or this way where's the data gonna fall and then if you get you know information that suggests that that data might be wrong okay then you adjust you know, I, I mean, it's not saying that I'm perfect or all scientists are perfect at that, but maybe the, maybe there is something to that. Like if you have, like your brain is set up to sort of just sort of take in information and then, you know, adjust your thoughts according to, you know, just basically be able to update your logic. I don't know. Yeah. I, maybe that's, there's individual differences in. in yeah. That. Again, I, mean, I mean, it might've been a pre-existing thing before, you know. In the in the same way that someone um, um, uh, is maybe maybe gets um, into sports is it is it because they trained really well and were coached really well or uh, and practiced a lot or did they practice a lot because they had a natural inclination and like more dexterity right. or endurance yeah. or whatever uh, so they were good at it and that's why they did it more it might be that scientists were just uh, people that are a little more flexible thinkers are just a little more drawn to science because it doesn't, they aren't as yeah. like discouraged when they find out that they're wrong or whatever. Right. Yeah. Yeah. That's that. It, anyway, that just occurred to so, me. Like maybe, maybe that that's the case. So what, what are you, are you jumping on the, uh, are, are you, uh, we started the conversation. You said you were a little bit um, optimistic potentially in terms of um, some silver linings culturally, right. but individually yeah. in terms of your work life, are, are yeah. you, are you jumping at this thing or are you looking at it like a marathon? Or are you like, we need to get all the data right now. This is such a unique situation. What, what, what <laughs> opportunities or, or, or have you launched any studies yourself or, or what, any, any exciting things that you're looking at exploring? Yeah, so um, like I mentioned before, I'm the research director for the Center for Women in Business. Now, there are many um, uh, other uh, uh, centers throughout even just Rutgers University that focus on uh, women and work. Um, uh, there are other centers that focus on um, the uh, ab abuse that could increase in a situation like this, um, the domestic violence issues that might be exacerbated in 
these kinds of times. Um, Rutgers isn't the only university that is sort of jumping, like you said, like on we better, you know, this is uh, the moment where we need to um, start collecting data so that we can over the long term as this uh, pandemic evolves as we then, um, you know, flatten the curve and, and little by little get back to normal, how we want to be able to have the data th that's rich enough to be able to look at how, how these things have um, played out in terms of, and uh, what we're looking at is, is sort of the household dynamics of um, balancing the unpaid work in the home versus the paid work um, that now you have to do in the home um, how that's going to influence things like job satisfaction or even promotion and merit later on. Um, that's sort of where, where we're focused. Um, some of my other colleagues are focused more on um, the sort of marital um, implications of the uh, domestic violence that might occur, which we know happens in times of crises that gets exacerbated. Um, and so, there, so, so in a way, we're, we're, we all, we are, let's get on it, you know, and there's been a lot of um, funding that has opened up too, to specifically look at how this pandemic is going to affect us and different research groups are looking at different outcomes um, because we've never faced anything like this before. I mean, it's, it's, a, it's a landmark jolt in our way of life. And so it's going to have many implications and some of them are going to be neutral, some of them are going to be positive, and some of them are going to be negative. And so we want to figure out what those are just so, you know, we can, uh, you know, if it's, if it's something negative, if, if, if we can um, raise awareness to this, um, sometimes these things happen, they're just implicit, but we need to make people aware um, of how things are affecting women in the home now that we have to uh, care for multiple people. Men get sick at a higher rate than women do. And so that might mean even more uh, caregiving responsibilities, especially if there's, you know, kids at home that have special needs. Um, and so, you know, down the road, we would like to find out just how severe some of these ramifications might be for women and their job performance. And, um, you know, if they are laid off, um, many women are laid off in now all the service industry, many, many women are in the service industry and that's at a standstill now. Um, whereas in a re recession, you know, just a general recession, I think that hits men more in terms of employment, but this kind of a situation is potentially more devastating to women who are, are doing more in the service industry, which has taken a huge hit. Um, I mean like daycares, um, that are laying people off and that's mostly women. Um, so, so to well, answer one, your question, yes, but we don't have any answers yet. We're just well, one thing that's going to be um, particularly devastating um, to uh, to women and, and children is is uh, you know the, um, the it, impact of domestic abuse is obviously going to be quite lopsided. Um, mm -hmm. uh, is there is there any um, uh, I, I don't, is there any, I'm trying to think of like when there's like temporary um, spikes in, in like during the football season, 
Um, oh, yeah. uh, you know, like like domestic abuse goes up when when the home team loses. You know, it goes up in that area. Um, it, and I, I don't know if there's any um, historical data or, or or anything on the subject that could help specifically to this situation, or 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 even in terms of what no works best in terms of like stricter laws or more commercials on TV or, you know, just getting the yeah. information out there. What, what are some, uh, what yeah, are some so, more effective tools? Um, it's interesting. So, so, uh, I don't, so maybe, maybe I, I didn't know that about football games, but I guess I would uh, presume because we know that, you know, we like to um, include ourselves with our favorite sports teams. It's like, you know, we're part of them and we're a fan. It's like, um, you know, like a warfare type of tribal loyalty. So even though it sounds trivial, so your team lost, that would have an impact on um, domestic abuse. And we know that when in natural disasters, that tends to increase um, the uh, sexual and uh, other abuse of women. So I think what we can do now is just sort of raise the awareness. I've even seen some things on social media where people are posting, like, if you're in a situation uh, where you don't feel safe, you know, send me a, a direct message about, you, you know, that you need the recipe for this cake or something. And if you're in imminent danger uh, because of violence, ask me about the strawberry topping that goes with it, you know, just like codes to, you know, if you're in a situation and if you need me to call the police, you know, say this, I've seen that going around on Facebook. Um, but I think just raising the awareness too of the resources that are out there for women um, in uh, terms of local shelters and, and, and food pantries. And, um, you know, I think that a lot of times women aren't aware of what, where they can go Mm -hmm. uh, to get help. It's just, it's a, it's a scary situation because, you know, we are, you know, we're, women are, 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 are wired to be risk averse because a lot of times we're also caring for children and their survival depending on us too. And so we don't want to exacerbate the problem. Sometimes leaving feels like it exacerbates the problem. Mm -hmm. Um, so I think just getting information about local resources that can help, even if it's not leaving, it's just, you know, getting, helping with other things, um, you know, whether it's providing food, um, you know, I think that helps, but yeah, definitely could be through PSAs or raising awareness that this is happening and it happens more, um, in times of crises. Um, is important. I don't think people realize it. It is kind of, I mean, when you think about it, logically, it makes sense, but I don't think they're, you know, they're thinking about it. Um, I, although, you know, I'm not, you know, I think there's more strife in a, any relationship when you're forced to be around them all the time. And when I think there's unemployment, um, you know, all of these negative things, um, you know, are, are, are potentially much more devastating than football teams losing. So it, it, it could be, could be even worse. So where could people go to uh, find out more about you and, and organizations that you work for or any, any other past uh, you know, papers and stuff? Sure. Well, done? I'm, I'm on Twitter at um, Christina Durante and awesome. they can, you can certainly find me um, at Rutgers Business School. And I have a webpage, christinaduranti.com. 
and I'm on LinkedIn. So I'm, I'm, you pretty much find me uh, everywhere. Awesome. <laughs> Social media wise. Well, this was a, this is a great conversation. We do, we covered yeah. some important stuff, had some thought provoking ideas in there, had a couple laughs along the way. This is terrific. Make sure I you send me so. all those, uh, send me all those links and I'll include them in all of the description and everything. And I really okay. appreciate you being on the show. All right. Will do. Thank you so much for having me. And thank you listeners for being such wonderful people. We'll talk with you next episode. Scarpins Audio, a podcast, <clears throat> a podcast network.